A flesh-eating bacterial infection landed Wendy Wallace in a coma, a three-month hospital stay, and amputations of both hands and both feet. While we might consider that to be one of the worst things that could happen to us, it's something that Wendy says was actually for her good and for God's glory. I'll link her inspiring story in the show notes if you want to dive deeper into that, but she is now living what she calls her one exceptional life where God has comforted her in all her tribulation so that she can go on to comfort, encourage, and lead other women in theirs. She's on a mission to help women rediscover God's joy and peace amid the trials of life by becoming more intentional with him. And one way she's doing that is through the Radiant Resilience event that's happening virtually September 18th to the 22nd, and you're not going to want to miss it. This event is for the Christian women who are seeking to deepen their relationship with the Lord, to gain confidence in Him, and to grow a faith that doesn't waver when times are hard. It's for a woman who recognizes there can be purpose in her pain, and she desires to find that purpose and use it to help others and glorify God. It's for the woman who wants more joy, peace, fulfillment, and positivity in their lives. If that is you, you don't want to miss out. I have the privilege of being a guest speaker for the event, and we'll be talking about how to flip the script on our negative beliefs by taking our thoughts captive and renewing our minds. You can register for the four-day event at redhotmindset.com forward slash radiant. Again, that's redhotmindset.com forward slash radiant. I'll leave a link in the show notes, but make sure to register today. I want to see you there. All right. Are you ready to dive into this impactful conversation with Wendy? Let's do this thing. Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough, I didn't know enough, and I didn't have enough time until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example and they need to see me win. And yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hey, Wendy, it is so good to have you back on Pursuing Goals God's Way with me today. Awesome. Hi, Gabe. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And as we were talking before, we realized this is your third appearance on my podcast. And I was saying you were one of the the, um, most commonly asked guests back, I guess is what you call it. (laughs) So it's so fun. I just, I'm always so inspired by you and your story. And I just feel like you make such a big impact on other women. And so- I don't know. I think that's why I just want to keep sharing what you're doing. And um, yeah, I appreciate that. I think you need medals, though, for those of us that keep coming back. We need like a, you know how they do it on Facebook where you're top fan. Yeah, like the badges or whatever it's called. I like it. I like it. Well, you would have my gold badge or my gold medal at this point. There you go. (laughs) So, well, before we dive in, I know we have an action-packed episode today, but I want to start this off by hearing just something unique about you, something we may not know if we are in your corner already. Well, I would have to say um, 
I love flowers and well, and butterflies. So my prosthetic legs have, they're wrapped in butterflies. And so, I, and sparkles, and sparkles. I'm kind of a girly girly, you know, and I like the flowers. And I talk to my flowers and a lot of them in the, the ones that are like the perennials and stuff in my yard, they have names. And people think I'm strange, but you know what? You're supposed to talk to your flowers. That's how they grow, right? Uh, I love it. I love it. Well, and I think that I've done an experiment before with like words and all the things and how you talk to, I guess it could be flowers. I did an apple, but like you talk to it in a positive way. And then you talk to the other one in a negative way and you see what happens. And the ones that you talk to in a positive way last longer. And it's just kind of crazy. So see, so you're helping your flowers grow. Wow. But with an apple, I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. You like cut it in half and then you have one half and the other half. It's, it's a pretty that cool is experiment. So cool. Yeah. Very so cool. That's super unique. I love it. And actually what's funny is I was talking to my oldest as we were driving to gymnastics and I, I don't know why it came up, but I was talking about how much I like sparkles too. And I'm like, I'm not a girly girl, but the one thing I do like is sparkles. I love sparkly <laughs> things. <laughs> so you and I are like in that way. So do you have a favorite flower? Like if you had to pick one? Well, I live in New Hampshire, so we get very long winters. And so my favorite is the daffodil because it's like the first one you see when the snow all goes away. Um, but I'm kind of partial to sunflowers too. I think because they're just so shiny and bright. You can't frown and look at a sunflower. So true. So true. But you know, what's really cool was we just came back from visiting our kids in North Dakota. And I did not know North Dakota is like one of the biggest producers of sunflowers and seeds. And you'll be driving down the road and there's these huge farms, you know, like cornfields that you see that go for miles and miles. They have sunflower fields like that. That's super fun. And my family wasn't very happy with me for shouting, pull over, pull over. We need pictures. Family <laughs> picture in the sunflowers. <laughs> so good. I love it. Well, that's such a fun, unique thing. I love that you shared that. So I know that we dove deep into your story on one of our past episodes, and I will definitely link it for listeners to go back and hear that full story. But every time I talk with you, I just admire your faith and joy because things could have gone a whole different way had you not found purpose in your tribulation. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what impacted you to make the decision to find joy in this trial? Well, it was a work in progress. And so just a little backstory back in 2012, um, I contracted what I thought was the flu, but it turned out to be flesh eating bacteria called necrotizing fasciitis. And I was in a coma for three weeks. I was in the hospital for three months and I wasn't supposed to survive, but through the power of prayer and the faith of my family and the hundreds of people who were praying for me. Let me tell you, uh, it was national, this prayer chain. And it was just such a blessing. God answered those prayers. And, you know, initially the doctor said, she's not going to survive. Say your goodbyes. And my husband said, no, she's going to survive. So you do you what you do and we do what we do. And, and 
will prove to you she's going to be okay. And, but in order to save my life, they did have to amputate my hands and my feet. And so coming home from that, as a mom and a wife, my kids were teenagers. And I remember sitting in the, just in my wheelchair, just looking around going, where's my purpose in all this now? I mean, yeah, the kids can talk to me, but I can't do all those mom things that I think we get our identity from, you know, cooking for them and, and picking up after them and running around town and doing their dishes and their laundry and stuff. And so it took me a long time to figure out where that purpose was, but right away, I went right to God for direction. And one of the things that I think is important is that you don't negate that. You don't turn your back on the Lord. Um, I came to know him as my savior when I was 26 years old. So I've been through life without God and I've been through life with him. Hardships without him and hardships with him. And let me tell you, I would not want to do it without him ever again, because there's a very real difference. He gives us the strength and the courage and the faith. And he also shares his promises in a way that we can trust him. And, you know, Romans 8, 28 says, you know, all things are for our good and his glory. But so you look at somebody that doesn't have hands and feet and you're like, well, how's that for her good? But we have to trust him. We have to know that this God who loved us so much that he would allow his son to be the sacrifice for people who hated him. And that was for his good and his glory, right? So I have to trust him that it's going to work okay for me too. I might not like it, but either you believe what he says or you don't. And so it took me a while to figure out, you know, what I could do with this and how I could be the mom and the wife and, and all the things. Um, but when I did, I, I guess I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but one of the things that I never lost was my, my faith and my positivity. I've always been an encourager. And if I come across people who are having this conversation complaining about the weather or their, their achy kneecap or whatever, I'm the guy that always says, hey, yeah, but, and then pulls a blessing out of whatever the negative thing is. And I never lost that through it all. And so the more I learned about God, his character, and also the fact that the things that he allows in our lives may not be be because of something that I did, but maybe it's a lesson either for me or the people in my life or the people who would be in my life, right? Um, we always watch and see what people do with their situations, don't we? Mm -hmm. So people were watching me. Yeah, there's this Christian girl. Now what's she going to do? Is she going to curse God and die like Job's wife said? And I never did that. I just mm -hmm. said, you know what? God is good. I don't know why. Someday I'll understand it, but right now I don't. So for now, I'm just going to plug away 
I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to count my blessings every single day because I know that they're there. And these are the things that kind of got me through to that turning point where I said, aha, this is what he wants me to do with my life. Hmm. It took seven years. And let me tell you, seven years is a long time when you're going one day at a time in that pity party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm guessing there were obstacles and bumps in the road and times when you really didn't want to have the joy and the peace right? and wanted to question what was happening. And what was that like for you? Were there any, like, was there any pinpointed defining moments where you were like, no, I know God's going to use this. I was sad. And the one thing my husband always told me is you'll figure this out is every day he would go off to work and I would, well, at the time I was like binge watching crazy TV programs because I didn't know what else to do with myself, but he would come home and I'd be like, I can't figure this out. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. There's got to be more light the life than television. He's always said, you're going to figure it out. And when you do, this is just a blip on the whole screen. And I would get even get mad at him. Stop saying that. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what I can do with myself now. I don't know. He's like, I can't tell you that. You got to figure it out. And I think I told you before about, you know, my family never saw me as handicapped. I was the only one in my head who was handicapped. And, you know, prosthetic legs are wonderful, but you put them on and you're normal. But when you don't have hands, it makes a real difference. And mm -hmm. your, I mean, I had to learn how to feed myself all over again. And even accept help from people to feed myself, which is very humbling and very miserable. But one day, my daughter, Megan, she was in the kitchen getting a drink. And I said, can I have something to drink while you're out there? Which is not uncommon for us to do with, you know, I think everybody does it. And her reply was, nope, you're going to get it yourself. And I'm thinking, she's the child. I'm the parent. No, we don't talk like this. And I'm like, Megan, come on. And she's like, you know what? If I do stuff for you that you're quite capable of doing, you will never try. I don't want that. I'm like, I'm pouty. Right, right, I'll do it myself. But you know what? It just, it was a big reminder that we can milk this for all it's worth. And yeah, amputations are a big thing. But we can milk a stubbed toe just as easy. And, you know, our family will let us get away with it if we let them. But they didn't want that. They said, no, no, you're going to, you're going to, you're not disabled. Stop that. Just... And that was a big moment. And then she was a very same person who wanted me to go tubing with her <laughs> a couple months later. <laughs> I'm like, have you not looked at me lately? <laughs> but you did it, right? I did. Yeah. It was. It was an uh, incredible event. It was actually the turning point in my life that made me realize all these excuses that I was coming up with 
that's all they were was excuses. And I mean, realize that I was capable. I didn't have to use excuses. I didn't have to say I can't for everything because I didn't think I could. We went tubing. And, you know, I really have to say it was probably the single pivotal moment since my amputations in my life. Because finally I was like, wow, okay, never mind. Pity party's over. We're moving on. And the funny thing about it is the woman who doesn't have any hands is now a writer. And I think that's just hysterical. I love it. Well, and that's something that I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit too, uh, before we get into some of the teaching points is the fact that you went from no hands and no feet um, to feeling some of that pity party, to feeling some of these things and these obstacles. And can I, what, what, is, what am I good for? What can I do? What is my purpose? And then having these defining moments where, isn't it crazy how we can really learn from our kids and how God uses our kids to teach us too, if we're open and willing. And mm-hmm. um, what a defining moment that was. But then also God's calling you to a blog, to be a writer. And but in those moments, like when you had this idea of, I think I'm supposed to be a writer. I mean, what was that like for you? Was it like, are you crazy? What do you, how do you think I'm going to do this? You know, was, what was that? Well, I mean, enough time had passed where I had figured out different ways to do things. Um, and I strapped a stylus to my wrist so that I could, turn the channels on the clicker and, you know, <laughs> for all my stupid TV shows. But it also gave me the ability to read my Bible and use my phone and text my kids because now by this time, they have all moved out of the home. And so it was a really instrumental tool. And so I guess for me to, because when I write, I always write with my um my cell phone strapped to my left arm and my stylus on my right. So I can just type away and not think twice about it. But before long, I realized, you know what? I'm running a business out of my, with my cell phone. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, cause when big things happen to people, everybody tells you, you should write a book or tell your story or, you know, whatever. And, and I kept saying, well, I'm no writer. But then I decided, yeah, I should tell my story because if I was struggling with my pity party, there's got to be other people who are struggling in theirs. And right from the get-go, and it's funny how completely I flipped to I can't do this to everything is overcomable. And that's what I started to write about is moving on, not getting stuck in where your hardship is, but moving past that, growing your faith, growing your gratitude and your joy and your positivity, because those were the things that were helpful in my life to get me to that point. And I think it's important, all the behind the scenes prep work you need to do so that when God has you right where he needs you, you're ready and willing to say yes. So good. So good. And you have been making such an impact. I know that some of the things that you share is really about becoming empowered women of faith. 
in the midst of trial and finding that joy and peace and gratitude. You talk a lot about gratitude. So I want to dive into this a little bit um, about how we can find that joy and peace for ourselves. So let's talk about why faith and a personal relationship with Jesus is essential as you go through any struggle. What have you found in that? Well, first of all, he gives us courage and strength and hope. And we know this because of what he's done for other characters in the Bible. You know, the the whole Bible is a guideline for daily living. And he uses these examples. He talks about, you know, um, Abraham and Job and Peter and Paul and all of these people. And yeah, they're telling us how we're supposed to live, but they're showing us as an example. And so having a heavenly father who cares enough to guide us and send our savior we can we can trust him in other things and even in you know that's why gratitude is so important so if you're keeping track of the things the blessings and the things that you're thankful for i see those as answered prayers and so you can look at those and say, well, these are all the ways that God answered my prayers. Why wouldn't he answer this prayer? And the prayers that he answers are always in accordance with his will, not ours. So sometimes bad things happen that we don't want to have happen in our lives, but there's always, always, always a blessing in it. You just got to be willing to look for it. Um, and so, yeah, that's why faith is important. But we also get our joy and our peace from the Lord. And a lot of times what I hear a lot in my business is joy and peace are the first to go out the window when hard times hit. And, but what's important to remember is those are gifts that we get from the Lord and their attributes are the fruit of the spirit, right? So if you want more joy and peace and, goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and all of these things you got to get closer to the vine where that fruit's growing off of because the closer we are to that vine which is jesus the more fruit we can bear now we know that happiness and joy are different of course you know if it's a rainy day i'm not all that happy right but i still have joy because i have jesus and he tells you my peace my joy i give to you he tells us that. And like any gift, I guess you can choose to accept it or not. But the closer we are to him, the easier it is to live out those attributes. That's that is so true. And I I see joy and happiness as different things too where sometimes I'm not joyful and then I I go what's what's the common denominator there and usually it is because I've not I've neglected my time with the Lord, mm. like neglected right. my quiet times in the morning. I got too busy or whatever it was. And so um I feel like joy is one of those things that you can lose if you don't hone it. Like if you aren't really seeking after him and the word and seeking after that joy. Um and then the peace. I I like the verse finding the peace that passes understanding. And yeah. in these deep trials. I mean, there's so much um, hurt out there and what that can truly look like, like peace without 
that passes all understanding doesn't mean that we're not hurting or we're not having the pain. Mm -mm. What what does that mean to you? It means that we still have the ability to be calm in the storm. So Mm -hmm. like when I woke up in that hospital bed and I found these bandages where my hands and feet were, the funny thing is, is my memory of that whole three months was fuzzy. Actually, the whole year is just fuzzy. I mean, I was on coma medication for weeks and just all the medication and stuff. But one thing is absolutely clear in my mind is when I woke up, the first thing I did was pray. And my favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. And I, I knew that verse and I talked to God about it. And I said, look, I know I have to trust you in this. You've got a plan. I don't know what it is, but you know why me and my family had to go through this. And so I need to trust you. I need to not try and understand why it's all going on or what it all for, but I need to lean on you and acknowledge you. And then you will guide me in my paths. And I told the Lord, I can't do this without you. I need you to help me. And I'm going to trust that you will. And that, I think, I guess I could probably say that was the biggest moment of peace I've ever felt in my life because I felt him. He was there. And he, you know, there's scriptures about um, being under the hen's wings, right? Where he's got us tucked underneath there like a mama hen does to her babies. And it's knowing that you can have that same peace, that relationship. But I think a lot of times we we doubt when hard times hit, our faith wavers. Well, we think, well, okay, well, you know, it's like when you pray, you know what you want the outcome to be. But then there's this thing called God's will that might not be in alignment with what we want. And you have to be okay with God's will, even if it's not ours. And when you get to that point and you just know it's going to be okay, even if it's not, that's the peace we're looking for. And I believe leaning on the promises that God has given us. And I think there's what over, I don't know, 3,000, 7,000 of them in the Bible or some crazy number. He can't tell a lie. And any of the promises that he's put in there, either they're already fulfilled or they will be. So we're talking about the creator of the universe who doesn't make mistakes. It definitely takes faith. But I have a sign. It says faith doesn't make things easy. It makes them possible. And it kind of goes along with um, the scripture in Luke where he says, I can do all things through Christ. Right? It's just knowing that. If you have a relationship with Jesus, if you've been saved by the grace of God, by grace through faith, you have hope. The hope may not be right here and now in this world, in this lifetime, but there's a better place and there's hope. There's always hope. If you don't have that relationship, you won't have that. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important. Mm, Yeah, so true. That hope is what can get us through on those days where we feel those hurdles. And I know like one of the things is that a lot of times we go through these storms and we think 
in our minds or we think out loud that these storms will derail us, that they're here and we, you know, can't not be derailed, right? And I know that's a myth buster you have. So can you share a little bit more about that? How can we not let it? Is there, is that possible? I think it's possible, but it takes focus at keeping those blinders on and not looking at anything else but the Lord. And the enemy is really good at throwing all these sticks and rocks in our path so we trip up. Um, You need blinders. You need a single soul focus of where to, to look, where to lean, all of it. And we know there's only one perfect person in the world, which is Jesus. And we're going to mess up. But the thing is, is every single day we get a new opportunity to try over again. You know, his his mercies are new every morning. And every morning we get a new opportunity to say, okay, Lord, I messed up yesterday, but I'm going to try again. And even if it's for a second or a minute or an hour where you can focus on him, you're making those baby steps forward mm-hmm. so that, you know, whether it's five minutes, an hour that you can focus, those gaps will get shorter and shorter. And eventually you'll get to a place where the gaps maybe might not be so big, but I believe it takes a lifetime <laughs> to do that. Yeah. I think we're always growing, right? There's, there's no ending point. We're just yeah. always continuing on this journey of refinement. And I think that is key because what you said, the enemy tries to derail us and he knows what our weak points are. We, he knows what will make us falter. And so when we do, or if we do, um, it's, it's a matter of what we do with it. Are we going to let that derail us and take us completely off track or quit or doubt or have excuses? Or are we going to look at the one true God and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you can get me through this. I'm going to lean on your strength, like you said. And um, even though we may get off track, he'll bring us right back. But it's that we have to want that too, instead of just falling and not wanting to get up. And the thing is, is you can either work for the Lord or you're working for the enemy. There's no middle ground. Hmm. So it's really just like new mercies. It's new decisions and focus. Just who do you want to serve? So true. Who do you want to serve? It's so mm-hmm. such a good place to end this conversation. Who do you want to serve? And if we choose to serve the Lord, then he will make the way. And like you said, it might not come the way that we plan. He might put us in a different direction. His It's his will. He's shaping us and molding us. But if we choose him, he will guide and he will lead and he will have you do things that you didn't think possible. And like you becoming a writer, right? And like, oh yeah. I mean, come on. That is God. What I love about it is that you get to give him the glory because you know it was through him that you've been able to do this. Yeah. So absolutely. This is so great. And now I know that you've been busy, busy, busy behind the scenes creating this event for women called the Radiant Resilience Summit. And I'm super excited about it. But can you tell me a little bit about it, but also what drew you to hosting it? Because I know this is a big undertaking. 
It's funny. Um, okay, so the Radiant Resilient Summit is for kingdom women who are in pursuit of joy, peace, fulfillment, and faith through the storms of life. And our goal is to encourage and empower, to remind you that there's just an entire community of women that while we don't always go through the same things, women just lift each other up and support each other in, in ways that is pretty fabulous, if you think about it. You know, I've been thinking about hosting something like this for a long time. and But the thing is, that I always considered it a huge undertaking. I mean, okay, she's got no hands. <laughs> it's a good excuse, right? But I have a coach and her um method of promotion i guess to get the word out about what you do and and your website and your message is through virtual events like this and so she's basically taught me how to do it and so it's a a process to take my mission of helping women rediscover god's joy and peace amid their struggles on a bigger scale and when we pull people together, and we have 25 speakers, and lovely Gabe is one of them, um, it allows us to expand our reach and get in front of other people's audiences so that we can share our message. And each one of us has that ability to share their story with everyone else's audience. And it helps us in getting our message out. But what's fun is, you know, we opened a promotion yesterday and I'm getting all of these emails about the excitement and the encouragement that these women are looking forward to. And it's just, when I started it, I thought, well, let's just give it a try and see what happens. But through 25 separate interviews, every interview blew my heart up even bigger. and you know, the praise for the Lord, you know, right in the get-go, the enemy started throwing those rocks at me with every technological challenge you can come up with. But then the Lord's like, not today, Satan, you, you get out of here. This is mine. And he has blessed the summit. And the, the stories that you will hear, part of them make my story pale in comparison. I mean, I was crying through some of these. And but the bottom line is every single one of our speakers has taken their story and used it for God's glory and for the benefit of others. It's huge. It's so powerful. And I can't wait. Mm, I can't wait either. So, and the event is September 18th to 22nd. It's virtual. Yes. You don't have to leave your house. You can bring it with you. And yep. so if you want to register, you can do that at redhotmindset.com forward slash radiant, and you will get that virtual ticket and you will come hang out with Wendy and to the 25 other speakers. I'm one of them as well. And we are just going to have a good time. And we are going to become radiant women of faith, empowered in joy and peace and gratitude, all the things that Wendy encompasses and all the things that she teaches. So if you loved her story today and our conversation, you are going to just be super blessed by this event. And so Wendy, I'm excited for it. 
Um, I'm excited to get my audience there to listen as well. And I just really appreciate you spending time with me today. I always love our conversations. Oh, me too. And I, it's just an honor to always be here with you, Gabe. And, and just your participation in our event is very special to me. And I thank you and I thank everybody. Just come on over. It's a free event. Come on over and just take something away. Even if you just listen to one speaker, you'll, we'll have the agenda. You'll be able to pick what you want to watch. You know, you don't have to sit there and be on your laptop all day long, but find something and just grab even one nugget. I know you're not going to want to listen to just one because I wouldn't know how to pick one, but just come. It'll be fun. I love it. All right, redhotmindset.com forward slash radiant. Come hang out with me and Wendy and the other amazing women you will see and you will be impacted for the kingdom and you will see what God has for you. And in all things, I pray you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.